Sleepy Creepy Joe finally got something he's been wanting since he started his presidential run. But he got it at a time that he probably didn't really need it after he had defeated everybody. Uh, but he's got some bigger issues. Issues that are going to be questioned in the future. But he should be thanking God the New York Times is there to protect him. Uh, Trump screws the who, and that is not a... Uh, that is not a Dr. Zeus poem. Um, he finally gets back at them. And I love left-wing sites like Vox and Slate and the Huffington Post because they have such funny stuff to talk about. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. So, I'm on day 27, going on day 28 of this whole thing. Uh, it's Tuesday. Uh, you probably won't see this till tomorrow. No, probably you won't. So, I, but again, I'm really trying to avoid a lot of the coronavirus stuff, but we're getting to the point now. It's going to come up, and we're going to have to talk about it a little bit. But And we're going to talk about it a little bit. But right now, let's talk about some other news. Barack Obama has finally decided to show some love for Joe Biden. Not really sure Joe really needs it right now. He could have used it when he was actually trailing in the polls, like when he was down with down in Iowa and he was down in uh, Vermont and all those other states. But for some reason, Barack Obama has decided, oh, hey, sleepy, creepy Joe, he's a good guy. Uh, let's listen to his less than it, I, less than energetic comments about Joe Biden. Now you're gonna hear some noise in the background because I actually it, this was a his announcement was Twitter based. I had to pull it off of YouTube. So let's listen to uh, Barack Obama and some of his comments. I'm so proud to endorse Joe Biden. For president of the United States. Choosing Joe to be my vice president was one of the best decisions I ever made and he became a close friend and I believe Joe has all the qualities we need in a president right now. He's someone whose own life has taught him how to persevere, how to bounce back when you've been knocked down. When Joe talks with parents who've lost their jobs we hear the son of a man who once knew the pain of having to tell his children that he'd lost his. When Joe talks about opportunity for our kids, we hear the young father who took the train home each night so he could tuck his children into bed. And we hear the influence of Jill, a lifelong teacher. When Joe talks to families who've lost a hero, we hear another parent of an American veteran, a kindred spirit, somebody whose faith has endured the hardest loss there is. That's Joe. Through all his trials, he's never once forgotten the values or the moral fiber that his parents passed on to him and that made him who he is. I, I got to tell you something. Is it me? or I, I, I understand that Barack Obama likes beer, and that's great. I, I like beer and everything else. And he keeps saying it. We're always going to have a beer time and all this thing. But doesn't it strike you he probably drinks Miller Lite? And he probably drinks it out of a water glass. He just is so boring. Oh, my Lord. I don't think anyone even misses the guy. So, anyway, but I, I'm not exactly sure what the point is. 
of this right now. Joe could have used his endorsement when Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and Pete Buttigieg were kicking his ass. Now he decides to come out when nobody else is there. But I, but the reality is, I do get it. It does make sense. It just shows how arrogant and self-centered Barack Obama really is. He doesn't care about the country or thinks old Joe is a good candidate. He doesn't. He didn't. That's why he never uh, stood up for him. He waited until Joe got the nomination because if he didn't get the, if Joe didn't get the nomination, it would have looked bad on what's left of his crappy legacy. I was president for eight years, but I wasn't influential enough to get my vice president elected. So he didn't bother endorsing him. If you think about it, it's actually quite cowardly. And it's really not the actions of the good friend he keeps peddling on us. It's crap. And the problem that Joe is going to have is... This is not going to mean much. Because Obama is seen as far too moderate for the left wing. It's not going to attract the Bernie bros. Especially since Bernie has actually sat back and said he endorses Joe Biden. Bernie's campaign members had said they won't even vote. They are so angry that Bernie... They're so stupid. Bernie didn't want to win the election. Let's call it what it is. Okay, Bernie wanted to be, to create, I don't know, some movement. I, I don't know what Bernie is about. He is just so bizarre. But Joe's got some bigger issues, and these issues are going to haunt him, especially when he gets in front of Trump. And I'm sure this is going to be, this is going to be something that will make sure, will keep Biden in his bunker during this coronavirus thing, because you know, he's just not out there. He was out there uh, three, four times last week in the last two weeks, and he has not been out of his bunker this week. Yeah, because he's stupid. He keeps talking, and he doesn't know what he's saying half the time. In two recent... Um, the biggest issue is, uh, in two recent issues with the Associated Press... A former um, aide named Tara Reid has alleged an assault occurred in the basement of the Capitol Hill office in the spring of 1993. She did file a police report in Washington, D.C. on Thursday saying that she was the victim of a sexual assault by an unnamed person in 1993. AP actually got a copy of this sexual assault. It's not the first time that Reid has accused Biden of this, but, and I'm not going to go over the actual details of the sexual assault because they are kind of um, graphic, and I just don't think it's appropriate. But let's just say if sometimes people think that, you know, patting someone in the butt is sexual assault, I don't think that's sexual assault. I think it's a very poor taste, and I think it's sexual harassment. She was sexual, according, if this is true, and mind you, listen to me, if this was true, this is definitely sexual assault. Okay. Um, Biden's folks, now, Biden's folks basically commented 
that Joe has, quote, dedicated his public life to changing the culture and the laws around violence against women. He firmly believes that women have the right to be heard and heard respectfully. Such claims should also be diligently reviewed by, the, by an independent press. What is clear about this claim, it is untrue. This, is, this absolutely did not happen. Now, here's the thing. I don't put a lot of claims in 30-year-old sexual assault reports. I, I, I don't. The kicker is, this is credible. It's credible. It probably can't be proved. Matter of fact, I'm almost positive it can't be proved. And if it can't be proved, then the story's over at that. But here's why the story's not over. Brett Kavanaugh went through a plethora of crap when he was trying to become uh, the Supreme Court Justice. I mean, he was a gang rape ringleader. He had three different wi women accusing him. None of them had evidence. As a matter of fact, there was evidence that showed that, okay, that probably didn't happen. Here's the thing. Uh, uh, news outlets like CNN, MSNBC, the New York Times, the Washington Post lambasted a Kavanaugh for something he didn't do. And he kept saying, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And by the way, his words are just as credible as the words of the women who were accusing him because there was no evidence on anything. If I sat back and I said that Let's see, say Dave stuck his finger up my butthole. But I really don't have any evidence. There's no DNA. I never really reported it. And it happened 30 years ago. Does that mean that my accusation is enough for a conviction? Which means Dave is guilty. Here's the problem. And this is scary in our country. Yes, that's enough. Well, it's not enough. I got to prove it. Especially something that happened so many years ago. You better have some proof. The New York Times just said that Joe Biden didn't do it. They had a reporter that went out there and said, oh yeah, no, he didn't do it. And by the way, I'm not necessarily saying, yeah, he did do it. I, 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 anybody who sits there and says, in 1993, I was sexually assaulted by Joe Biden. I mean, yeah, it could be buried. I mean, this is politics, but uh, the claim is credible. She did work with him. She was close to him. The York, New York T Times decided to hold the story and ignore it. This has been a story for 30 years and no one's been reporting it. When the editor of the Times, uh, Dean Baquette, said he did not see this as a big story. Um, this is the guy who is running for president, and he's being accused of a sexual assault. Funny thing is, this is the same editor, Dean Beckett, who really charged in on unsubstantiated uh, allegations against Brett Kavanaugh. No problem. So, 
one of the reasons he said it wasn't a big deal is because the only one who was actually reporting this was a small news outlet called The Intercept. So he didn't think, well, if no one else is reporting it, why, why are we reporting? Well, here's the thing. Um, yeah, that just shows you how slanted the media is. They should have reported it. And they should have reported Brett Kavanaugh accusations. They should have reported any accusations. But that does not mean that makes them guilty. The New York Times basically said Brett Kavanaugh did it. No question. They even went so far as to say uh, hide exculpatory evidence that would have proven Brett Kavanaugh's innocence. For example, with the... Uh, with the gal who initially accused him, the one who testified, Blasey Ford, not one witness that she actually claimed was there recalled Brett Kavanaugh at the party, her at the party, or her ever meeting Kavanaugh. But that wasn't brought up in the New York Times. So, When Baguette was asked about this, and he was literally asked about this, he said this. The reason why Brett Kavanaugh, they attacked Brett Kavanaugh, this is what it was. Quote, Kavanaugh was already in the public forum in a large way. Kavanaugh's status as a Supreme Court justice was in question because of a serious allegation. Um, Biden is running for president. That's so... A Supreme Court justice is in a bigger light than the President of the United States? What a stupid statement. Okay, I continue. And when I say in a public way, I don't mean in the public way of Tara Reid's. If you ask the average person in America, so much for believe all women, right? They didn't know about Tara Reed, the Tara Reid case. No one knew about any of the cases against Brett Kavanaugh. Oh, but, oh, that's right. They weren't cases. They were never brought up. Okay, move on. So I thought in that case, if the New York Times was going to introduce this to readers, we needed to introduce it with some reporting and perspective. Kavanaugh was in a very different situation. It was a live, ongoing story that had become the biggest political story in the country. It was a different news judgment moment. Okay, you know what the big difference between Kavanaugh and Biden? And by the way, it's the same thing with like Bill O'Reilly and Biden. Or any other conservative. Is it, it was a conservative and Biden is a Democrat. And a left-wing Democrat. And a Democrat who wants to defeat Donald Trump. So let's, let's call it what it is. The media bias is just disgusting, and it just keeps going. Last week, I talked about how the World Health Organization uh, was promulgating uh, Chinese propaganda to increase the spread, that it ended up increasing the spread of the Wuhan flu by 95%, killing probably tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people. And I'm not exaggerating. Uh, the CDC and other disease control organizations from different countries have said that the WHO had attacked 
if the WHO had attacked the virus directly, or at least questioned the Chinese about the virus, it could have been contained in China, if not in the city of Wuhan. But the WHO's love for China kept the virus going. When China takes over, the uh, World Health Organization wants to be the main health organization throughout the world. And I did talk about that last week. So I know that it, it's a very extreme position, but one has to understand, why do a lot of big companies side with anti-capitalist governments? They side with anti-capitalist governments because they want regulations and regulations typically choke off the little guy. And that's what the WHO is actually trying to do here. So Trump said he had thought about suspending the financing for the WHO, which comes out to between anywhere from about $300 million to $500 million. I believe in 19... Uh, I believe last year we spent $450 million. Well, the director, uh, the director general of the World Health Organization, whose name I will not attempt to pronounce because there's just no way it's really long. He's actually a, a gentleman from Africa, smart guy, he, doctor, the whole deal. He had some comments about Trump's reaction to the WHO. Listen. Please don't politicize this virus. It exploits the differences you have at the national level. If you want to be exploited, and if you want to have many more body bags, then you do it. If you don't want many more body bags, then you refrain from politicizing it. It's like playing with fire. So more than ever before, national unity is important if we care about our people, if we care about our citizens. Please, unity at national level. No using COVID for political punches. And then second, Honest solidarity at global level and honest leadership from the U.S. and China. We shouldn't waste time pointing fingers. We need time to unite. The freaking balls on this guy to say anything. I mean, he his organization went in China didn't even allow them to look at it. And he's not a stupid guy. This is a virus doctor. He's smarter than a lot of people, which means he's smart enough to know BS when he sees BS. He ignored China when they sat back and said, it's not as bad as you think it is. He ignored China. When they said it, it's from animal to human transmission, it's not human to human transmission. He ignored China's numbers. He ignored 
everything. Here's the problem with this jerk-off speech. If he and his cronies didn't kiss China's butt, there would have been a whole less body account than there is now. To sit back and say, hey, oh, you want to politicize this? They politicized it from the beginning. They politicized it before anyone even knew it was an issue. Who the heck are these people kidding? Are they serious? This all started because Taiwan, a staunch opponent of China, under China rule, just like Hong Kong, asked why Taiwan was kicked out of the WHO and if the WHO would consider taking Taiwan back in. This was in last week's podcast. The WHO representative, another director, hung up on her. Not once, twice. And it wasn't, it was really obvious when she's asked the same question again. He said, I don't want to talk about that. Ask another question. We talked to, and then when she called him back, she said, he said, oh, we already talked about China. No, she talked about, the reporter talked about China. He didn't talk about anything. But you know what? The reason we're attacked, Taiwan is sitting back and doesn't want to be under Chinese rule is because the Taiwanese, they're racist. That's right. The WHO director general said it. It wasn't recorded. I have to quote it. Quote, when a community people start to insult us, that's enough. We cannot tolerate that. But since I don't have any inferiority complex, when I personally, when I am personally affected or attacked by racial slurs, I don't care because I am a proud black person. This attack comes from Taiwan. The foreign ministry knows about the campaign and they didn't disassociate themselves. Are you kidding me? She wasn't talking. The reporter was not talking about him. Talking about China. She doesn't like China. They were questioning China's motives. But see, this is how stupid we get in this country. And this is where the WHO is really trying to play both sides of the diamond here. They know the United States. Racist is everything. Everything is racist. Everything is racist. So he just has to say, well, she's attacking a black man, even though, no, that's not what Taiwan is saying. Taiwan is attacking China. And the Taiwanese are literally like three generations from Chinese. This guy's a freaking jerk. They're pissed off at China and his decisions. And that's the Taiwanese. Not because he's a black guy from Africa. Well, Trump responded today and his response was awesome and it should be done and I don't even know if I have any comments after his response. Uh, listen to this. I'm instructing my administration to halt funding of the World Health Organization while a review is conducted to assess the World Health Organization's role in severely mismanaging and covering up the spread of the coronavirus. Everybody knows what's going on there. 
American taxpayers provide between $400 million and $500 million per year to the WHO. In contrast, China contributes roughly $40 million a year and even less. As the organization's leading sponsor, the United States has a duty to insist on full accountability, one of the most dangerous and costly decisions from the WHO was its disastrous decision to oppose travel restrictions from China and other nations. They were very much opposed to what we did. Fortunately, I was not convinced and suspended travel from China, saving untold numbers of lives. Thousands and thousands of people would have died. Had other nations likewise suspended travel from China, countless more lives would have been saved. Instead, look at the rest of the world, look at parts of Europe, other nations and regions who followed WHO guidelines and kept their borders open to China accelerated the pandemic all around the world. Many countries said, we're going to listen to the WHO, and they have problems the likes of which they cannot believe. Now, as far as his way of speaking, put that aside, he hit it right off the bat. The WHO screwed up. And they screwed up because they are propagating the propaganda of China. They tried to, they hoped that this thing would just go away. And it didn't. And thousands of people died because of it. And this virus spread because of it. This was a failure of the WHO. And the fact that the United States gives $450 million last year and China gives $40 million makes you want to sit there and say, huh? Why do we need that? We got the CDC. We do not need... This is the problem with globalism. Globalism says that everybody else in the world is going to be fair, is going to be equal. It's not fair and equal. Globalism is not fair and equal. China is an isolationist country. Japan is an isolationist country. France, who loves globalization, is an isolationist country. You can't speak another language in France except French. This is why countries like the United States need to stand tall and sit back and say, um, yeah, you guys screwed up. You're not getting anything. F off. Okay, so my next two stories, I, I love these stories. I love these stories. I actually subscribe to three different left-wing outlets. And I don't mean they are progressive or they're democratic. I mean they're left-wing, far left. Uh, one of them is Vox, the other is Slate, and the third is the Huffington Post. So I've got a story from Vox and Slate that I think are absolutely hysterical. And I, I want to bring them up. Even though we're going to go a little bit over, I don't care, because I think they're just too funny. Okay, I lied. I, I'm just going to do this one from Vox.com. I think the other one from Slate, the other article from Slate is something I'm going to spend a long time on. So, I, But I'm going to keep it only because 
I think this brings up an important issue, and I want to I want to show the partisanship when it comes to articles like these. But I love this. So, do you know what a bidet is? And it's spelled bidet, but it's called a bidet. And basically, a bidet is a 17th century secondary toilet that sends water to your butt after you've taken a dump. Okay, let me put this in modern English. The bidet is a sink that is used for your butthole after you take a dump. So basically, I take a dump in a toilet, then I move to another toilet-like sink, and a fountain of water does its work on my butthole to clean my ass. That's what it is. I'm sorry, that's what it is. Vox.com asked, because of the panic over toilet paper during the Wuhan flu epidemic, should we bring back the bidet? <laughs> okay, this is a great article. I, I, I love this article. They ask seven questions, which their, quote, expert asks. I don't know who the expert is. <coughs> I tell you what, you can go to Dumbasses Talking Politics and actually read the entire article. I did. It was just so stupid. Uh, I, I just, I couldn't. I, I just figured, hey, you know something? Let's not let a crazy leftist answer these questions. Let's let a conservative, well-meaning, reasonable conservative. By the way, Scott Adams would hate what I just said because he's, I'm making, I'm trolling. I I am trolling. Sorry. So what is a bidet? A bidet is basically, it looks like a baby sink uh, for adults. It sits next to a toilet. And once someone uses the restroom, the bidet shoots out a spout of water, a fountain of water that actually cleans the bottom. And the bidet is was invented in about um, the 17th century in France. That's the name. It's bidet is French. But the reality is a bidet could have been around since China days. It, it's been around a long time. Nope, that's question number one. Question number two. Is it weird to spray water at your butt after you use the toilet? And the answer is, no, it's not. Unless the water that's spraying out of your butt gives you other sensations that are abnormal. It's not. As a matter of fact, during the toilet paper, quote, shortage, end quote, because we really haven't had a a shortage, uh, people would say, well, if I run out of toilet paper, I'm just going to shower and clean myself. Well, yeah, that's basically what it is. The reality is toilet paper hasn't been around forever. I mean, it's within the last 150 years. So it, it hasn't been around. And the other thing is, when you go camping, um, what do you clean your butt with? Typically, it's leaves. So the toilet paper thing is, is relatively no, new. So it's not weird to spray your butt with water to clean it off. It's not. Okay, great. Why don't Americans customarily, number three, question number three, why don't Americans customarily use bidets? This is where Vox got it right, um, because it's expensive. A bidet requires a second set of plumbing. It requires a second toilet, which means it's going to require not only 
more expense to get a bidet to run, but it's also going to um, require extra room. Um, so it's expensive. It's not cheap. So if you're going to look at New York City in a, a tenement in New York City, you're not going to see a lot of bidets because there are not going to be a lot of landlords that are going to sit back and install a third sink or a fourth sink. I guess you could just lean over the kitchen sink and clean your ass that way. But yeah, that's customarily why we don't use bidets. They're horribly expensive. There are bidets in the United States. And I bet you a dollar, most of the bidets are actually in celebrity homes. Because it is something that is that expensive. Number four, the bidet, is, are bidets more sanitary than just using toilet paper? That's a good question. I think for the most part, Vox had this one right too. Um, well, technically, yes and no. They are more sanitary in that when you wipe your butt with toilet paper, you got to wash your hands. If you wash your hands correctly, then they're just as sanitary. Your bottom is not getting as clean as it would with a bidet. There's no question. But here's the thing. Now you have to clean two toilets because the bidet does not clean itself. So if you're sticking your hand in a bidet to get the crap off the sides of the deal, no, it's not any more sanitary. Here's something more, here's something more to think about. Um, there's a reason in the 1700s we stopped using the bidet because it's probably not as sanitary. Let's just say you went into a public restroom and you were using a bidet. That means someone else's crap is in the toilet that you're cleaning yourself for. And if you think about it, when we wash hands, a lot of people put their hands right up to the faucet. Well, what if they've just had this nasty thing come out of their bodies they decide, oh, I'm really dirty, and they decide to really get that wiped completely off. And they bring that butthole as close to the bidet as they, as close to the faucet in the bidet as they can, possibly touching the bidet. Is it really that much more sanitary? I'm thinking probably not. So the bidet might be something great for anyone who can afford it, this is not a public restroom replacement. So in this case, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it this. I wash my hands really well. I'm not shaking anybody's hands anymore because of uh, the Wuhan flu. So I'm going to I'm going to give this the toilet paper is probably more uh, sanitary and the bidet in a public restroom, not so much. And what happens if you're leaning... Okay, picture this now. I'm actually squatting on the bidet, right? And I haven't done... And I just finished 30 squats. And my quads, my thigh muscles, begin to weaken. And I lose 
feeling in the quads. Quads lose their structure. They lose their strength. And I fall into the bidet. And it gets worse. Not only do I fall into the bidet, I fall right into the faucet. Is that more cleanse, cleansely? Do you think the person who did the 30 squats is going to tell anyone? No. They're going to take toilet paper, clean the bidet, throw it in the toilet, flush the toilet, which is going to dump more water into the ocean, and run out. Now, do you have trust that that person cleaned that bidet? I, I'm just saying. that. So, yeah, I'm going to give toilet paper as more sanitary. Just wash your freaking hands. Okay, number six. Number five. Are bidets more environmentally friendly than toilet paper? This is a great question. And this is why I threw this in there. Who cares? Environmentally friendly? Okay, so in other words, I'm going to wipe my butt with paper that will disintegrate the second it hits water versus washing my butthole with four gallons of water to make sure my butthole is clean. So is it more of a waste to use a couple of sheets of toilet paper to wipe your butt or to use four gallons of water? I know that's a really crappy analogy. It's not true. You, if you, you're using toilet paper to the point that you're only using a couple of sheets, you're probably not going to use four gallons of water. I got it. That's not the point. The point is, what's more important to you? Is it the water you waste or is it... So, no, I don't think either are environmental, environmentally friendly. And I'll give you a step further. I have Clorox bleach. I clean my toilet with Clorox bleach. Now i got to clean two toilets with Clorox bleach. So when I flush the Clorox bleach, that goes supposedly into the ocean. I don't know where it goes. So, um, which is environmentally friendly? Me using double the water and double the Clorox to clean everything or using a couple of uh, sheets of toilet paper. Ah, <laughs> yeah, it, it, this is the problem with that environmentally friendly crap. It, it doesn't work. Number six, are bidets easier to find than toilet paper right now? That is the, uh, my question is, my answer is no. Go to Lowe's, go to Home Depot, try and find a debate. Then go find a plumber who will actually run the piping for a bidet. I am, I've got, I went to the store, what, last week? And I'm not that full of crap that I, I need a lot of toilet paper. I don't. I still have one, two, three, eight, nine. I have ten rolls of toilet paper. Now I live alone, yeah. But I also don't use a lot of toilet paper. So the answer is, yeah. Toilet paper is a lot easier to find than a bidet. And by the way, if you saw where I lived, you're going to say, well, where are you going to put a bidet? Yeah, duh. That's the point. I guess I could use my shower. Stick. I've got one of those um, uh, head, shower heads that I can pull out and I can just. No, I'm not going to do that. 
stupid. All right. And number seven, the last important question for our society and our civilization. Even if there wasn't a toilet paper shortage, would you recommend a bidet? Okay, I lied. <laughs> I took this comment from Vox because it was just too stupid. So I, I am going to quote this. Quote, toilet paper shortage or not, Americans should seriously consider the beauty of the bidet. Dude, dude. And no, that's not in the, that's not in the actual quote. But you're cleaning your crap ridden butt with a faucet. There's no beauty in a bidet. None. It's a bidet. It's, if you have any chunks of anything anywhere, it's going to land in the, there's no beauty. Okay, I'll continue. Americans should seriously consider the beauty of the bay. I already commented on that. We live in a world full of modern conveniences that would be unimaginable imaginable to our ancestors. We can, con by the way, yeah, we got rid of the bidet in the 18th century. Why? Because it is not a modern convenience. It's crappy. Literally. We can control lighting from our phones, have robots that vacuum our floors, yet we still wipe our butts with dry paper. Well, I mean, if you get good toilet paper, it's not really dry. It's got that freaking aloe and stuff. So, and I, that's what I have here. I got that. I got that as grocery at the, um, corner market it's charmin it's got nice it's good dash just like our ancestors did our ancestors were from 1700s the bidet was given up in the 1600s why because the bidet didn't work it was disgusting. People had to clean two toilets. I don't like cleaning one toilet. This guy's an idiot. Anyway, perhaps a toilet paper shortage is a shock to the system. Americans need to realize the joys of having clean, non-irritated, environmentally friendly butt. <sighs> if you do not think this story is funny... This is the true coronavirus story. This is, hey, here's a newsflash with the, the bidet. The bidet is an ancient tool that people dropped because it was inconvenient. It was unaffordable. It was very difficult to work with. It was, it's gone. Do you see what the left does? They try and bring us back into the freaking mid-1600s. Next, you're going to sit back and say, well, if he doesn't like what I say, we should put him in the Iron Maiden. Come on, stop it. This was awesome. You can read the entire article if you go, if you visit my web, uh, visit the show notes at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Um, <laughs> I love it. 
uh, and you should read this. This is great. I am I constantly, I really should just search Fox, um, Slate, HuffPo for these weird-ass articles because they are all over the place. So you know about the www.dumbassetalkingpolitics.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, uh, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addicts, and YouTube. Uh, I, please follow me. I've also started a new show called Conversation Carving, which is not political and it's YouTube only. I'm actually, and what that's going to be about, it's me carving my little guys, my little figures, and talking about life in general. No politics. It's just pure friendly because I'm pretty sure YouTube's not going to ban it. And one more thing. I told you about Andre, Andrea Bocelli yesterday. And I told you one of my favorite songs from Andre uh, Bocelli. And I tell you, I listened to it a couple times today simply because it's such a beautiful song and it's so sad. It's so depressing. And even though it is in Italian, there is some English, but it is in Italian. It is just a very melancholy, sad song. He was accompanied by Sarah Brightman, who is an American. So this was... This was this was a great song, and you can tell Sarah Brightman has an American accent singing Italian, and he has an Italian accent singing Italian, uh, singing American. But it was just an awesome song. So uh, let's close tonight on this, and tomorrow, you know what we're gonna close on? Ave Maria. I wanted to close tonight with Ave Maria, but. I just like this song so much better, and this is what got me to listen to Bocelli. And I, this song is what got me to listen to Ave Maria. So you guys have a good night. Stay safe. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbass Time.
sogno all'orizzonte manca le parole io sì lo so che sei con me con me tu mia luna tu segui con me mio sole tu segui con me 